Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Andrew Matrone. I'm a young adult pastor here at Red Rocks Church. Uh, we don't have the usual crew with us today, but I think it might still be freaking amazing. Super excited for today's podcast. We have a special guest with us today. Uh, this man reigns from the amazing state of Iowa. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Uh, but this guy came to us how many years ago? Like to the church? Yeah. It's funny, man. It's a, it's a, it's eleven years ago. I, uh, this weekend, I moved to Denver. Eleven years ago. So eleven years ago, I came to church. That's amazing. I moved to Denver three weeks ago. Eleven years ago. So it's right after each other. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Uh, but but Josh Kingry has been with Red Rocks Church for a long time. Uh, he first was an associate youth pastor, and then he launched his own youth campus uh, here in Lakewood, which is in the heart of Denver. Uh, and then now he is the campus pastor of our Lakewood campus. He has an amazing wife who is a part of our kids' ministry. Praise he God. has two amazing little children, uh, just an all-around awesome dude. Uh, if he wasn't a pastor, he would have been a Navy SEAL. Uh, <laughs> awesome guy. But Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for uh, inviting me to be on. This is cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. Awesome. we got a lot of things to talk about. Um, and... Usually we screw around for the first 10 minutes, and we feel like people just fast-forward us. And like, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. I'm still talking about... They might be missing something good, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff. You know, too many podcasts jump right in. Let quickly. me just say, if people don't know the people running this podcast that well, they should not fast-forward that Because <laughs> you never know what these people are going to say. Something could get said. There are times where it's like, hey, Milana, she's the one who edits all this, where we're like, hey, at, like... 5.55, I said something that, <laughs> could you maybe edit out, please? No way, I don't believe it. Didn't mean to say that. Um, no, but I wanted to have Josh on the podcast um, for, for a couple of reasons, but Josh's story, he's going to share, he's going to share more of it himself, but, but Josh um, was a frat boy in Iowa, at the University of Iowa, and he came to to Red Rocks was was a lost um, was a lost soul found Jesus at Red Rocks, um, and then started getting involved, joined a group, started serving, and then all of a sudden became a pastor. Thanks to you, yeah. And then and then became a campus pastor of, of one of our largest campuses. That it, it's so his story's just been this amazing story of God being faithful in your life and you saying yes to God, God chasing you down. Um, but all that happened early on in your 20s, mm-hmm. and and so I just felt like you, you just have a great story, because I feel like a lot of young adults could probably uh, relate to your story. So why don't you give us just a little bit of background to to your story, how, how you were raised, kind of going into college, just the, yeah, cool. the gamut. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest and um, moved around a bunch, but we were we we were a Lutheran family, so Catholic light. Yeah, I like to say. Um, and we just went, and then in in that like faith background, you know, once you turn sixteen, you get confirmed. Mm. Uh, and so 
then at that point, my mom was like, you know, you can decide if you want to go to church at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Was your mom the one who drove most oh, of yeah. that? Oh, yeah, she was the bedrock for sure. And when she made it my decision, I was like, well, sweet, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not going to church on right. Sunday morning, which actually is a part of, um, honestly, my salvation moment. So, yeah, man, I, I was going to high school in Iowa and then applied. I applied to two colleges, didn't visit either of them. <laughs> this is going to date me. Okay, I'm turning 35 this month. But one of them was an online application, and one of them was paper still. <laughs> like, That's amazing. They, they lost it. Dude, it was like 2003. It uh-huh. doesn't, still doesn't make any sense. But um, <clears throat> And so I remember... Someone um, listening right now thinks you're a dinosaur. <laughs> I know. I'm way cooler than that. But yeah, he is. No, I'm not that cool. But anyway... <clears throat> I thought it was like archaic at the time, which is even crazy. So um, University of Iowa, like I just had to check a website. I don't know if that's still a thing for college. And they got back to me uh, right after the University of Northern Iowa, which they were like, when they got back to me, they said, hey, uh, you're missing a class. And I was like, well, what do I do about that? I'm graduating. <laughs> and then like literally a day or two later, I was like, you're in. I'm like, sweet. I'm going to Iowa. Going to Iowa. <laughs> that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, great. Uh, come to find out, it's like a top 10 party school. And I knew when I went that I was going to join a fraternity. There was no doubt about it. I just knew I was going to. <clears throat> so I became a SIG at Iowa. And um, man, I won't lie, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I did it exactly how, how you would imagine, mm-hmm. how, the, how it's done in the movies. I mean, old school minus some years. You know? <laughs> so so uh, <clears throat> I did that for, for five years. Um, and, uh, I honestly, I can't lie. I loved it. Um, but I did, I didn't, I don't love it as much as I love what I have now. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the moment it was really easy to be caught up and it's fun. Right. And so, so that was that. So then when I graduated, um, not question, did did you have moments? Cause for me, I, I grew up in a Christian household. So, um, and I, I've always been a believer, never really strayed too far. I mean, obviously, I had seasons of being a dummy. Sure. In those seasons, I just felt tension in my soul of like, man, I know that there's more for me. Yeah. Do you, Do you remember feeling that at all? Like in those years of being like, man, I, I'm doing all this, and yes, it's fun, but there's not. I don't know. Did, did you remember having moments of feeling empty with it, or, or no? And Wait. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but. I think I think the relentlessness of it got exhausting. Like I remember, like even Doug just preached this last weekend about like the ceiling with lawlessness, right? right? And it's like you if you're not hitting the ceiling over and over and again, it definitely loses its luster. Right. So mm. it was always another person or another thing, right? Um, but it actually wasn't until I graduated and I moved um, to Chicago. Sh- I moved back home because I graduated in 2009, and so there were no jobs. <clears throat> so I moved home. And was applying for jobs and then got a job in Chicago, which is great. A lot of um, people don't know this, but the University of Iowa was like three and a half hours away from Chicago. So like we like that school gets a t- like most of my fraternity was yeah. was was Chicago kids. So I knew a lot of people there. So I moved up there, and it was just the same stuff, man. But with a job that I had to wake up for in the morning, mm-hmm. and that's when I remember thinking like, uh, I'm pretty sick of this. Yeah, it, like this isn't. It's not what it was before. And even worse, like post-college, it's not the same crew. I mean, I was in a fraternity with like 150 people. Right. So it's like it, it's just a couple of people. It just felt... 
Well, it feels like outside of college, <clears throat> worlds start colliding a little bit differently. Sure. Where like I have this like this party world, this fun world, but now I have this vocational world where I'm trying to, and and there's just sometimes just a tension that's not even Holy Spirit tension. Sure. That's just a tension of life. Too. Sure. Well, and there's definitely like with college, you know, as a youth pastor, I would tell kids all the time, the only thing that changes about going to college is that now no one makes you get up and go to go to class. Mm-hmm. Everything is the same. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't have a whole lot of responsibility. So when you graduate college and now you're in that transition of no responsibility, all the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least that was in my generation. Like if I were to redo it, I would have lived at home for as long as I, as I possibly could after college, if I'm yeah. honest, save yeah. the money. But when I was growing up, it was like, no, you, you move, you do your thing. Um, you live on your own, you yeah. get out the house. So so I, I just remember feeling like ah, this this I'm in this transitionary phase where I can't do both. Yeah. And it seems like the appropriate thing to do is to cut off what was and move to what is inevitably gonna gonna happen either way. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I was working in Chicago, um, got offered a job I'm I was unqualified for, which just makes perfect sense and is in total alignment with all of my life going forward. <laughs> um, and it got, me, it got me moved out to Colorado. And at the time, you know, I can look back and know that there's a specific moment, man, where I was literally at a light right before an overpass to get on the highway. And I knew that this was an option. This this job was looming. And I was thinking about taking it. It would move me to Colorado. And I just had this feeling like I was supposed to go. Hmm. And obviously now I know, you know, that was God prompting me and moving me. And what's really funny is I had already had this thought of, I think I need to go back to church, Mm. but I didn't know where to start. Right. Like I knew I didn't love the Lutheran thing, but I had no other context of church. Right. My friend, Eric White took me to church with him when I was in high school and his church was like, they sang a couple songs, did a message and it was over. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) Cause like the Lutheran church, dude, all the steps in the Lutheran stuff. It's like, Oh my gosh. And so, but I didn't know what that was called. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I Google searched like church in the city of Chicago and was just so overwhelmed. I was like, well, forget it. It's not supposed to happen because wow, yeah. <laughs> it's just so much. And I right. didn't know anything about any trendy churches or stuff that like would be more relevant to, to me mm-hmm. and my, my generation. So um, as I was moving out to Colorado, I knew there's just something in my heart about, I think I need to go back to church and I'll give that up to my parents and my upbringing. Like, I don't think maybe, maybe, maybe I like come to that on my own. But I just knew that that was like a grounding place to yeah, like absolutely. to go and to kind of figure some stuff out. <clears throat> and now that I'm out of college, it's like, well, uh, you know, I'm not. You go to college to figure stuff out. Now, where do I go? Mm-hmm. So yeah, moved out to because God still used those times when you were a kid sitting there. Sure, that sure. the word of God still doesn't return void, whether you. Yeah, well, and you, you know, I hope so, because otherwise, youth ministry is like freaking pointless. Exactly. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because like. A lot of times with you know with youth, it's like you don't see the fruit until much later in their. You life. just pray that the spirit's like doing his work. Yeah, that all he can do. There's a seed planted, maybe. Right. Maybe it just grows slow. Yeah. That's what you hope for. Mm-hmm. So I know I needed to go to church. Um, the great thing about Iowa is that nobody graduates college and lives in Iowa City, mm-hmm. <laughs> so people go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, with the economy the way it was, people were really just moving to wherever jobs were. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I was, I was living out here, and I was, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine, kind of same old, same old, a little bit. And I just mentioned to him, like, dude, I think I want to go to church. And he had had some friends who had been kind of working on him. He's like, dude, me too. Um, mm. My friends had told me about this place called Red Rocks. And I was like, now, I grew up a huge Dave Matthews fan. 
And so when he said Red Rocks Church, immediately I thought, this is church at Red Rocks Amphitheater. I'm, I'm in. in. <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. Just to go to the amphitheater. Because I, uh-huh. I had I, I had only lived out here for a week. I had no idea you could just show up to the amphitheater whenever yeah. you wanted to. And um, so I was, to my surprise, when we pulled up to a... I thought I was in the wrong place. We pulled up to a, a Ferris wheel. A Ferris wheel in an old amusement park. But um, <laughs> honestly, what got us to church, uh, he was like, yeah, man. My friend's been telling me about this place, Red Rocks Church. They have a 5 p.m. service on Sunday. I was like, what is that? Who does church in the evening on mm-hmm. Sunday? Okay, well, I can go out all night long Saturday, and there's literally no way I'm not awake before 5 p.m. <laughs> so, so, yeah, right? So I went um, and got saved that day. It would be, it'll, be, um, it'll be 11 years ago, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Wow. Yeah. So I was actually able to go back recently and find the message. I got saved, and it makes so much sense. Wow. It's, it's like, what what now, God? Because I, And I had just moved to Denver. And yeah. Like, like, oh, of course this message saved me. <laughs> what, what, was that, what was that moment like for you? Because I'll, I'll, never, I'll never know that. Um, I couldn't even really. I think I got saved. I was like six or something. Yeah. You know, what, you know. Um, but you were, what, 22, 23? 24. 24 years 24. old. Sitting in a church service really for the first time in years. Years. And some guy gets up and starts preaching. Like, what? Do you remember, like, the things that he said? Or was it just, like, all of a sudden you walked into this room and you felt like, man, God's, like, there's something happening? Yeah, I remember, like, the general concept of the message. But I remember everything about what was going on. I mean, I'd never been to a church like this in my life. Um, not just because it was in a theme park. But, mm-hmm. like, I remember that was when we had, like, the three screens in the back. Right. And I remember the graphic. It was, like, the door. And it said, next. I remember all these things. It was such a like, and I had no idea that I would remember those things in the moment. I just was like kind of sitting there. And dude, I'll be honest, like at 5 p.m. on Sundays at Heritage Square, the chicks were hot. So like, <laughs> like this isn't so it bad. It was like the young adult service yeah. back in the day. Yeah, and I went with my buddy and I was like, well, this isn't, I mean, hey, okay. <laughs> you know, don't have to just meet drunk chicks apparently. <laughs> so so, so uh, uh, I, it was great, man. And um, I sat there and in the general context of like, you know, I was in that phase of life. I had I had recently gotten out of college and I had recently moved twice. I moved to Chicago, moved to mm-hmm. Denver. And I'm trying I'm trying to figure out like okay, what is what am I am I just am I supposed to do what everyone does? Like what is the thing? And so it was just he talked about like all these all these next like okay, God, I'm saved, but what now? And it was literally like he was just speaking to my situation. Wow. And it was SJ and and um I got dude, I got saved in that moment. I just remember cuz I felt like I grew up in church the whole time, but nothing ever felt like it was like penetrating my heart. And in that moment, yeah. I just felt, I felt totally known, totally known. You know how like, um, is it, is it Nathaniel that was sitting under the fig tree? That's a great question. Uh, Connor, our theologian is out today. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's him. Um, and Jesus says like, I, I saw you sitting under the tree. Yeah. I've known you. And that's what I felt. I felt wow. known. Um, so, so that's what that moment was for me. Is like oh. it's hard to really explain. It's really hard to explain. Yeah. It, but it's kind of like baptism. I, you know, I, I was just sharing at our baptism service that, like, for me, the salvation moment and the baptism moment are very, like, they're very similar in how they feel. Like, they feel too big to to contextualize. Right. And and they're important moments. And yeah. you should. And, and for those of us, you know, I think it's great that you got saved at such a young age. I think that's awesome. But for those of us that, like, we can remember, I think that's a really cool thing yeah. to cherish and to keep the reminding of and yeah being reminded of so so you get saved you're 24 <coughs> you just moved to a new city did your behavior 
match your new belief? Heck no. <laughs> well, walk, walk through that process. Because I, I think we have a lot of people in our day and age, who, who I think always, who have really struggled with that thought. Um, and it's either like, God's grace is on me so I can do whatever I want. Sure. Or wait, now I have to behave perfectly. Sure. Um, and I feel like our culture kind of swings one way or the other. I think it's kind of swinging towards the way of like, I can do whatever I want. I still love God. I love Jesus. It's my yeah. truth. Whatever. Yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, what What was that like for you when you started feeling the Holy Spirit? At what point did you feel the Holy Spirit start challenging your your yeah. way of life? Yeah, man. I think there's a lot of people that can probably relate with like getting saved and then feeling convicted about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just takes time. Like I tell people on Sundays, if they get saved in that room, there's a lot of things you can do next. But I think the best thing, just in my personal experience, and I joke with them, I'm like, and I am standing on this stage now. So right. <laughs> in my personal experience, is just keep going to church. Yeah. And like, so so I think in the beginning, I was still going out. Still, mm-hmm. I mean, I was still going to that 5 p.m. service. My buddy that I was going with, he legit told me, he's like, I don't know if I'm in, but the chicks are hot, so I'll keep going. <laughs> so then he eventually stopped going. And I, I kept going every single Sunday. Yeah. And just getting like, just I didn't really understand what the, what this walk was supposed to look like. And Red Rocks does a good job um, of really making your faith, like h- how to walk it out. And I needed that. And, you mm-hmm. know, not every church is uh, is that for everybody, but I needed that. And so... I just remember um, I was still going out, you know, still still like, you know, partying and doing all that. Um, but what I think slowly happened over time isn't that I thought, oh, I'm saved, I need to behave. Mm-hmm. It was more of a feeling of like, I want better. Yeah. And I think that this isn't that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, letting the Holy Spirit settle in with like, mm, but what I have for you is so much better than this. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't really about like, oh, because I'm saved, I now have to do these things. It was a slow, honestly, it was a slow process of like, now that I'm saved, I want to do these things. Yeah, it was a slow process, but, you know, we we believe that when you say yes to Jesus, you you surrender your life to him, that the Holy Spirit now will dwell inside of you, which the Holy Spirit guides you, it comforts you, it also convicts you. Sure. so you started experiencing that, yeah. I'm sure, of like, I just said yes to Jesus, now the Holy Spirit's inside of me. Yeah. And so now I'm out partying, and there's there's something that is in me that's like, but I don't think that this yeah. is it for me anymore. Well, and, and, two, and the other thing, too, was I didn't have a community around this. Mm-hmm. It was just me. Wow. I had, Hey, that'll preach. Dude, I didn't. That you can do it. You can totally do it, because mm-hmm. I was by myself. My, my I knew my mom's faith wasn't going to line up with... Not that they were different, just she likes being told rather than being than right. experiencing. Um, and so I just didn't have anyone to go to. The guy that I went to church with, he wasn't going there for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. um, not that the Lord didn't maybe eventually work on him, but at the time it wasn't. And so I was just, you know, I was just like kind of figuring out on my own. And when I say it took a while, it took like about six months. Mm. Like I, I reckon I got saved in July. And by December, I knew that um, starting in the new year, some things were going to be different. Yeah. I started going to what was why I used to be called Fuel. I remember meeting you your because I was I was I think it was your first night preaching. Yeah, I was twenty one or maybe just turned twenty two. And yeah, it was my it was called Fuel back then. If Fuel. you don't know why it was, YA, called, it was Fuel. called Fuel, yeah. really cool church name. Uh, 
But I think it was my first time ever preaching. It was. You were so nervous. And Josh's first so time ever. Nervous. <laughs> Josh's first time ever showing up. Ever. Yeah. Ever. So funny, man. Whether you want to be linked to me or not, you don't have a choice. <laughs> and I'm sure you don't want to, but you don't get a choice. Yeah. So I, I you know, and here's the thing too. Like, there was a tension there. Uh, I felt God like tell me you. He didn't tell me. I just felt a pull to okay, go be around this community more. Mm -hmm. Well, there's this thing for people my age and my life situation um, that I'd never heard about in another church before. <clears throat> and I didn't want to go. I was like, I'm going to go by myself. I'm sick of going by myself. Yeah. Um, dude, the first day I went, I met someone who was in my wedding with me. You know, So uh, it was perfect. It was so perfect. And I just loved the vibe, and I loved the group. And I just – and then back then – just so everyone's clear, it was like 150, 200 people, not a if thousand. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and in a tiny room and uh, with horrible audio equipment. So y'all are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, so I didn't want to go, but um, I just, I did. I just kept, and, I, and that was kind of the theme that first six months of like a little bit of resistance, but God just not leaving me alone. I like to say people, he's just like that. He's like your kids, like, you know, yeah. dad, dad, dad. Oh my God. Okay, fine. Right. And then I felt, um, I felt so in, in fuel young adults, they were, they were doing a life group launch and there was a strong push for me from mm. the Holy spirit to join a life group, like so strong. And I was like, well, I'll show you. I'm just not, I'm just gonna miss the night. I'm not gonna go to that night. I won't join a group. Mm -hmm. Well, he wins. Cause then I was like emailing, the person who was in charge is like, hey, are there any more open groups? I just really I missed it. And I feel like I should. I feel like I should join one. Yeah. She sent me two, and I joined the group, and it was great. Now my hesitation with the group was like, ah, oh, I'm going to be around these perfect Christians. Yeah. That, you know, grew up in the church and they've known Jesus their whole life, and they've they've lived a perfect life and made no mistakes. And uh, I was like, then I'm going to get in there and like ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So. Um, and, you know, they did what they do where they, like, go around and share testimonies. Um, and I was like, well, I'm going last because mm -hmm. it would be my last time here. Yeah. So I want to hear these. Uh -huh. And I was right. Most of them were like, well, I grew up in a Christian home. And, and that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think that's beautiful, and I think it's a miracle. It's a gift in a lot of ways. I think it's, I think it's a, a gift. Yeah. I think it's great. But I just didn't feel like I related to it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I shared and uh, got to experience some of God's grace firsthand. And um, uh, the person who was leading that group is now my wife. That worked out pretty good. So wild. <laughs> worked out pretty good. People hate when I share this story. Emma Ebeling hate or Emma Emma Schalberg now. Schalberg now, yeah. Hates when I share this story because she's always like, When you saw your wife, did you just know? I was like, No. I didn't even I didn't even notice that she was there for like the first three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, That's terrible. I'm like, well, that's just what it was. Uh -huh. I wasn't in that mode of like seeking a a wife, I was trying to figure out what is going on in yeah, my God heart. Yeah, God's doing something different. Yeah, and I want to get to know this. I wanted to get to know God and get to know Jesus. And <clears throat> people that have, that can remember, you know, getting saved, remember how hungry they were. Yeah. I mean, those are people who are blessed are those who thirst for, and hunger for righteousness. Yeah. And that is definitely a season. Of That's that, great. For sure, for sure. No, I think, you know, it, it's funny because you started feeling like God, God was speaking to you differently. Like... Because you had had this experience, and now the Holy Spirit was working on you. I heard a story once. It's actually, actually Nick Nelson of when he got saved. He Love was, that guy. Uh, he's a young adult pastor in uh, Houston, Texas, and but uh, 
he was, I think, like 16 or 17, was on his way to a church camp, didn't know Jesus, was listening to like, this rap music, like horrible stuff. Gets saved at the camp, gets back on the van, on his way home, and pops in the same music. But he said, he was like, it just, the sound was different. Yeah, that's good. He's like, I can't explain it. He said, but it tasted different. It sounded different. And he said literally one by one, he said, I don't recommend doing this for the earth. But he said one by one, I started throwing them out the window. <laughs> and and I think that's kind of like great imagery for, I sure. think, when we meet Jesus or when we've ran away from Jesus and we you know, have, have another kind of like he calls us back, prodigal son kind of moment where like, wow, the thing I was doing – I'm doing it again, but it just tastes different. Yeah, man, that's exactly it, it. It sounds different. And kind of one by one, we start to like look at things in our life. And and that's how I think that God works. I don't think that God, sometimes it's like the addict, boom, say everything's different. Yeah. But we don't see that very often. We've worked with a lot of people in, in those kind of situations. Sure. But a lot of times it's kind of like God calls you like the next thing. And he's like, all right. Hey, we're gonna start. We're gonna start attacking this mm-hmm. thing, and in all love and grace, if you mm-hmm. feel um, like it's out of condemnation or anger, that's not God. That's the, that's the enemy. But then it's like, all right, now it's yeah. What's next? Now, now we're gonna start working on some healing, now sure. some forgiveness, and God's always, you know, tugging on our hearts in different seasons, different aspects of our lives. But I, I think to give some imagery of of what sometimes it can feel like when you that's hear so God's good. voice, yeah, you know. No, that's perfect. So that was a lot of your story. Sure, yeah, man. And I think like, um, I I just think I think that I think that whole process is important. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think you're like learning the voice of God. You're learning like what is and what is it. And um, man, you're just drinking from a fire hose. It's such a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. And then the reality is like He's not calling you to comfort because if He calls you to places you're already comfortable, there's no growing and there's no stretching. Right. And and by no means are any of us perfect. And you know, by no means that as a campus pastor at, at Red Rocks Church, which is just something I just truly don't believe I deserve, um, do I ever feel like I've arrived? Right. There's never a, there's never this feeling like, okay, I can relax now. Right. You know, and maybe that's maybe that has a lot to do with a lot of other things in my life, but for sure, I feel like um, I almost feel like every day I have to earn it, which is just so wrong. But. <laughs> But it, it we're does, the same in that. Yeah, it does make me feel like it does help me worship, though. You know, right. like if I if if we direct it the right way, we can we can we can make our work worship, which right. I think is really great because right. our attention is on Him while we're working the whole time. But yeah, dude, what a crazy thing! What a crazy thing! So then you so you join a group, and then you you join. Didn't you start working for Youth for Christ? Yeah. So I. I had a moment where I was like, gosh, I hate what I do for my job. So if I'm going to do that, I should make more money. Right. Because <laughs> I'm going to hate what I'm going to do. I want to make more money. Yeah. And I started applying <clears throat> for for jobs uh, to do that. And then I I got no's for the first time ever. I've never, I'd never been turned down for a job before. And uh, I remember, I, I think I applied for jobs for like six months. Mm. And finally, I didn't like, I didn't make a prayer for God, I want to be in ministry or God, I want to work at Red Rocks Church. It was really just like, you know, God, I think I'm called to help people. And wherever and however that is, I'm ready to go. And literally two weeks later, um, I was working as an admin at Youth for Christ headquarters close to Dove Valley. So over in like the Centennial area. And at that time, I had been volunteering in a youth ministry in Greeley. 
that I didn't fit in with at all, but loved it and got along with the kids really well. And so then to get a, a job for the Youth for Christ, I, I remember thinking like, gosh, I should volunteer at my church youth ministry. Yeah. I'm around a bunch of like skateboard kids in Greeley. I could be more effective if I learn how to be around more kids. Mm-hmm. And that's when I like I reached out. I don't remember how. I don't know if I just showed up or if I emailed or what. It was the Wild West back then. <clears throat> I'm like, wait, who are you? Like, I want to volunteer. Like, all right, great. great. <laughs> I don't know if we I don't, we don't have background. So sure. Are you sure. weird? <laughs> yeah, please don't background check me. I don't know what else. Uh, and then yeah, so then I started volunteering with Red Rocks Youth, and that is the that was the catalyst for. To come, what would be to come? Yeah, because then you volunteer Red Rocks Youth, and then we had an opening. Yeah, so position and... so well, it's a little more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so I started working with Youth for Christ in July of 2012, and you had announced that you had finally decided because I know how long it takes you to make decisions mm-hmm. that instead of doing one, instead of doing two youth ministries, high school and middle school, you were going to do two ministries, one at Golden and one at our new Littleton location. Right. And Andrew was working. Um, it was just him and this guy, Eric Byers. Shout out to Eric Byers. I hope he listens. Uh, and he, you announced to the volunteers, like, hey, uh, you know, we're going to launch this other youth ministry. We're sending Eric to launch it. And I'm going to need some help here. Well, with Youth for Christ, I was able to make my own schedule. So I just kind of told you. And at that time, I'd been volunteering for a little bit. I got involved in a life group with some kids that were getting ready to go to college, and they wanted to know everything about being a frat mm-hmm. boy in college. So we really hit it off really well. <clears throat> and you... You were like, I said, well, hey, man, I made my own schedule. I can come help out. I can be here early, whatever you need me to do. And you're like, we should get lunch. And then yeah. we, we had lunch at the Whole Foods in Belmar. Uh-huh. And you were, we were talking, and you were like, you should, you should submit a resume. And I have never felt more insecure about my resume in my entire life. <laughs> For <laughs> real. I, well, what was on it? It was like yeah. business stuff. Worked at J.P. Morgan Chase in Chicago. And I'm like... I'm pretty sure you have to go to a special school to work at a church. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. what this means. But what was what was wild about that though is that I had decided to do a fast. Oh yeah, that's right. I decided to do a fast for the next youth pastor because I didn't know who it was going to be, and and I think like five or six days into my fast, you we decided to go to lunch, and I was like, I don't know what it's going to be about. But then in that moment. God was like, "This is your next youth pastor." So crazy, you know. And so it, crazy, and I th- and I think we both were in a place of like, like fasting to me is like a place of like I'm opening up my ears sure. and my eyes. All my God likes speak. Yeah. I need you to speak, and I, I'm give you my full attention. And you're in a season of like, God, you got my attention, and all of a sudden, like our worlds collide, collide. Um, and it was like in a moment, I didn't say, but that's why I told you to submit a resume because I'm like, God spoke yeah. in that moment. He like took our worlds yeah. that had been totally separate for all these years. And it was like, pfft, yep, it was wild. Yeah. Well, and then my buddy, Eric, who kind of got me involved in that youth ministry up north, this is so funny. We, I was living with him and um, like I, I was applying for the job that he'd wanted for seven years of volunteering in youth ministry. Yeah. And I was like. I had so much insecurity around this whole thing. I'm like, <clears throat> you know, the whole why me? This doesn't make any sense. Right. Caroline and I were engaged at the time. I got engaged with her before I took a huge pay cut. That's a recommendation. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, and there's so much I could tell you about her and experiencing grace through her and being honest about my past, but that's a different day, I suppose. Um, but uh, I remember telling her, like, I, this doesn't make any sense. I feel so unqualified. Like, the, 
hopefully Andrew says something to the HR person because in my mind this is bouncing off their desk. <laughs> and so so she was like, I spent a lot of time in prayer about I honestly thought about like not doing it mm-hmm. um, just because I felt so unqualified. Yeah. I felt so insecure about it. So like it felt like such a risk. Um, and so uh, she and she told me she was like, babe, it's not because of anything you've done. Yeah. If it that's why that's why, you know, it's God because you don't deserve it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if I don't deserve it, but, <laughs> but right. yeah, she was like, it's not because of that. So I applied and then. You know, back in the day, you had to be interviewed by all five directors at the same time. Good old days. <laughs> I don't know. They, I, I believe to this day that if Scott Brubin would have been there, I wouldn't have gotten hired. Yeah, he I wasn't there. I don't know why, but he was, he was the only one that wasn't there. And I was like, ah, oh, there's just something about this where I got to slip through the crack. I just kept feeling that the whole time. <laughs> and then, man, you had said something to my buddy, Eric. You actually met with him to talk about me. And I'm, I, I, listen. Before working at Red Rocks Church, if you had asked me to draw something, it would have been the most rudimentary. I mean, my handwriting looks like a four-year-old. And you you would talk to him, and you're like, yeah, I think – you can correct me on this because you yeah. had a conversation, but he told me about it. He's like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to have him do, like, our creative stuff and this and that. And my buddy Eric had, like, freelanced some creative, and he was, like, laughing at you. Like, mm-hmm. that I is not that. who this person is. Yeah. <laughs> you have the wrong guy, just so you know. And, man, uh, you'd kind of given that to me, and I'm just – I, I just can't I can't deny like that 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 Christian saying which is just so true man it just is so true God doesn't always call the equipped but He always equips the call right and I stepped into something that I actually really enjoyed yeah. and grew in a lot and um, got to do a lot of creative stuff and that was the good old days of ministry and so yeah I got hired and we 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 t- we hit the ground running and um man we talk about that being the good old days a lot because we we could just run yeah. At everything, we had so much trust from leadership. They trusted you like crazy, and so we really just got to run at anything yeah. we wanted to without asking for a lot of permission. Yeah, um, and it was great. And I know even for you, sitting where you sit now in leadership, it's like you have a you have a lot more to think about. Like right. back then, it's like it's just are a ton of kids going to show up because that's all that really matters. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I just want kids here. I'll yeah, do anything exactly, I got to do. Exactly. Yeah, been kicked now, off a couple of high school campuses. That's fine. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. So, yeah, man. Um, now I'm here, and um, you know it's it's uh, it's weird for me. I have a weird attachment to Red Rocks. I think I think it's maybe inappropriate, but it's just everything I've known yeah. about um, the best part of living mm-hmm. has been stuff from this place. My my wife here, Sean baptized me here. You took a risk on me here, and wanted to fire me within the first four four weeks. Uh, we got there though, <laughs> um, and I learned so much and I've grown so much as a person yeah. um, that I don't think that. I would be where I am. I won't toot my own horn about how good of, uh, about being a good leader, but the people that I lead say that, and so I don't think I get there without your leadership and without um, being here and, and just being open. I think yeah. that's what we, we've talked a lot about right. that, like just being open to how God wants to move you, um, and a little less concerned with your own preferences, yeah, and a little more concerned with His. Yeah, you know what I mean, no, that's great. And I think what I've learned from from you today and from your story is that. There's just a lot of moments of yes. Has to be. Where you just, you felt prompted. And I think you put yourself in position sure. to hear God's voice. And then you said yes. It's like... Um, Reluctant when, yes, though. Yeah. You know? But it's like when Samuel um, <clears throat> is hearing God's voice. He hears him call, but then he goes to Elijah. He's like, did you call me? He's like, no, it wasn't me. God keeps calling. And then Elijah's like, 
Next time you hear it, sit there and say, your servant's listening. Mm. And I think, so he had to put himself back in his position, which is interesting. His position was a position of rest. Yeah. It wasn't him going out and running around and be like, where are you? Where are you? Right. He laid, he rested, put himself in position. God spoke again. Mm-hmm. And then he said, your servant's listening. Yeah. And then he responded. Um, and then we know the story of Samuel. Maybe we don't, but... You know, he was one who Connie's anointed king. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anointed King David wasn't anointed king. Sure. Uh, but I think that's a lot of your story yeah. is you put yourself in position. You asked me to go out to lunch. You showed up to Red Rocks Church. You went to Fuel. You emailed about a group. Like, hey, I'm going to put myself in position to hear God. And then he s- spoke, and you said, your servants, your servants okay. listening. And I think that's just a great testament to whatever season of life you're in, whether value, you know Jesus, you don't know Jesus, but like, I think that I want more. Okay, put yourself in position, and when you do, God will speak. Yeah. Um, but if you're not in position, you won't hear it, but he's always speaking. He was speaking to Samuel that whole time. Yeah. Um, and you said yes, and then you took steps of faith. There's, there's always a step of faith that always has to follow a yes. Yep. You know, so God speaks, I say yes, and then I take a step of faith. That's why you don't want to say yes, because that step that comes after. <laughs> exactly, because you know, yeah. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, and so I think that's that's been really cool um, to see your journey, and you've had a lot of ups and downs here at Red Rocks, sure. and um, but you've been a giant part of the culture of who our church is. I mean, it's crazy, like, when you first stepped out of our place, I don't know where you're at, and now like your place of leadership within an organization. Silly, it's wild. It's silly. It's wild. It's you know, so, so and and your family and the involvement of of your wife and your family and the, what the Kingery name means to this church, and so freaking proud of you, bro. Love you like crazy. Yeah. I can't believe you took a risk on some recovering frat boy. <laughs> Sean must have been like, "Are you sure?" Uh, well, Sean was recovering frat boy. No, that's true so he, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's From, honestly, I mean, res- I mean, he got saved when he was twenty-four. Yeah, with his, cocaine in his pocket. I didn't have. I didn't ever did the drug thing, but everything else. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, he, his wife was is was his life group leader. So I, I just resonate a lot with his story. Love him yeah. so much. But, but yeah, and you know, I think the last thing I'll say is. Um, you know, just in me and in some of my conversations, some of my pastoral moments with some people in our congregation, um, there was a piece about the patience that was required. Yeah. I think people always want that people want to know, like, okay, some people are really actually they're like, No, 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 I've said that yes, I'm 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 waiting for what the step's gonna be. Right. Like, I want it right now. Right. I want to take that leap of faith. There was there was it almost felt like I put in no effort other than saying yes, being patient, and then taking the step when it was there. And there was so much peace about that. Yeah. Like, just being, I mean. It wasn't I, striving. No, it wasn't striving. And it wasn't like, even even when, you know what was striving? When I was trying to get a different job that made more money. And I just got told no over mm. and over for like six months. Yeah. Then there was a lot of peace in letting go of that. And just being like, you know what, God, this is what I feel like you're calling me to. I'll just wait until you, you think that needs to happen. Yeah. So there was a lot of peace. And I know, I know like, our society and, and everything now, it's like, go, 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 go. There is so many. You even commented on it, like it was in a moment of rest, you know, mm-hmm. that, that Samuel got spoken to. There is some there is some peace in, in being patient. I think that's why it's an important virtue in Scripture is like there's peace in the patience. Yeah, so. yeah. But, but yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, so, you know, I, I believe that the stories resonate with a lot of people, and we believe that God's always speaking, that God's always calling us, God's always calling us out of something, calling us into something. God's always calling us to something fresh and new. 
Um, and if you feel like he's not, then I want to encourage you to put yourself in a place, posture your heart of, hey, God, I'm like, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And just know God's going to speak, but what God calls you to probably won't be comfortable. Probably not. Um, it'll be better in the long run. For sure. But it won't be comfortable, um, usually in the short term, because uh, God's always calling us to something beyond um, our perceived ability For sure. or experience or circumstance. And so, uh, man, be attuned to the voice of God. When he speaks, uh, listen and begin to walk in it and get people around you that can encourage you and push yeah. you. But Is it inappropriate if I let people, if they want to reach out? No. So, hey, that's that's up to you. <clears throat> Well, I just I just feel like there's a lot of aspects of my story that I don't I don't think it's the end all be all, but there there's some components there that I think people probably maybe have questions about or relate yeah, to or like absolutely. how do you reconcile your past while getting married and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm if you're in the Denver metro area, I'm I'm a I'm a pastor yeah. at, at the Lakewood campus and if if you need to chat with anybody, obviously you should chat with the YA people first there. They're top tier, but um if any of this resonated, I'm available. Yeah, every weekend Lakewood. I'm here. 9-11. It's awesome. Well, Josh, thanks for your time, man. Dude, thank you so Appreciate much. It. This is so great. Yeah. Love you. Love you, bro. Well, thank you guys for listening today. Hopefully that you uh, did enjoy this podcast. Uh, if you think that this would really help somebody, man, share it. Uh, maybe you feel like you haven't been able to get across to your friends, your community, uh, but you feel like, man, this story really would resonate. Share it. It's a great way to share the gospel, sometimes sharing other people's story, the power of a testimony. Uh, but we'd love for you to subscribe to where you listen to podcasts. But until the next one, love you guys. Be safe. Take care.